that. That's my chicken voice. That's going to be way too loud for the beginning of a podcast. That's fine. It just, it wakes everybody up, you know? No. It's a Tuesday. People are groggy from all the hard partying they did on Monday and possibly still hungover from Friday and Saturday. That'll be fine. It'll be great. It'll be cool. You think Tuesday is when people are still hungover? I I don't know. They've gone through all of Monday. I don't alcohol. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, this is episode number. I don't know what episode I don't know either. That's why I paused because I figured you'd fill it in. No, I don't know what episode this Um, is going to be. But this is Crime Culture. That's Haley. And that's Caitlin. Look at how cute we are. Stop it. I cannot. cannot. What are we talking about this week? Um, Well, we are talking about, because of my chicken voices, some of you may have figured it out, the Wineville Chicken Coop murders. Very interesting. But um, so many chickens. So clever. Look at all those chickens. You're the cutest. I love you so much. And I just thought I'd mention, we have a co-host today. The podcat, if you will. The podcat. He is up in his tower currently. Yes. We are currently recording in a different location, and there's a cat here. And the pics will be on Insta because he is the cutest cat. Oh my god, he's so cute. If you love spooky boys, he's tiny Mo black is cat. the spookiest boy. And right now he is sleeping and ignoring us, so that's which all is, right. Which is better than trying to kill us, so I'm fine with it. All right, so. Yes, so. Here we go. We're starting. All right. So go the, for it. Well, I was gonna. All right. Quite enough. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, just another all-female giggle fest. Um, yep. The Wineville Chicken Coop murders, aka the Wineville Chicken murders, don't know why chickens were not murdered in this story, but that's fine. Okay. Um, were a series of abductions and murders of young boys that occurred in the city of Los Angeles and in Riverside County, California between 1926 and 1928. I don't know why I thought this was in like rural. Podunk? Yeah, like yeah, Indiana. Sorry, like Indiana. But rural, like yeah. middle of nowhere, like Oklahoma. No. Or well, like, I mean, it is pretty rural still, but it's yeah. just not where you think. It's not like middle America or anything. No, yeah, but it says Los Angeles. Midwest, 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 not middle America. <laughs> but also not Midwest. It's in it's in California. Anyway. Yeah. And, but no, but we'll get there because it's so we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Okay, go. We'll see. We'll see. It's okay. It's okay. But um, that's my connection. My grandma was born in 1928. I love her very much. Grandma, I hope you're not listening to this because you will have a heart attack. Probably. But I love you very much and I would dedicate this to you, but I feel like that's weird. That's weird. I feel like it's weird. Um, So Gordon Stewart Northcott was born in Bladworth. I think it is. Mm. B-L-A-D-W-R-T-H. Our Canadian listeners can let us know. All right. Um, Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. Don't you know? Eh? In Canada. Eh? On November 9th, 1906. Eh? And was raised in British Columbia. Eh? Can you stop that? Eh? (laughs) Quite annoying. (laughs) Don't you know? Born in Canada. (laughs) Go. He moved to L.A. with his parents, Sarah Louise and Cyrus G. Northcott, in 1924. And um, Gordon asked his father to purchase a plot of land in Wineville, California. On this land... Do you know where Wineville is in relation to Los Angeles? Napa. It's... Oh. No, I'm kidding. Oh. I was going to (laughs) say, is it northern... (laughs) No, I'm just real fucking funny. Um, I have no idea. 
but Debatable. I would like to say it's Napa. Um, in Wineville, California, on this land, you Oregon, know that would kind of make sense, right? Wineville, Wineville in wine in country. Napa? Like, come on, please, please, California listeners, we know you're there. I'm not even gonna look it up. I want to believe. That I it's want there. To, like, just I'm gonna make a T-shirt and I'm and it's going to be a map of california just napa valley california and there's going to be one of those little stars like how they're like okay this is where this city is and it's going to be wineville and i'm just going to have the caption i want to believe yes um no not a star it's going to have an alien head there we go Mm -hmm. anyway merch coming soon um (laughs) allegedly yes allegedly um so on this land that his daddy bought for him because that's the way it goes um, Gordon built a chicken ranch and a house with the help of his father, who was in the construction business, and Gordon's nephew, Sanford. Okay. So, yes. In 1926, Gordon, at 19, took his 13-year-old nephew, Sanford, with the permission of the boy's parents, from his home in Canada. hmm After arriving at the farm in Wineville, which is located in present-day Jerupa Valley, Oh, I remember this now because I, I wrote, I like got my stuff together not yesterday. Like I, I went ahead of time. Yeah. And so now I'm starting to remember it's not located in Napa, but okay, we can good. pretend it is. It's, well, I'll get there. I'll explain. But it's in present, it's in present day Jerupa Valley. Um, if I'm saying that wrong, I mean, we all remember La Jolla. It's fine. Um, La Jolla. <laughs> so many people. La Jolla. Like, That's what it was. La Jolla. Oh, La Jolla. And it was so many alumni hello michael kennedy and angelina have come up to me and been like so la jola and yep. i'm like shut the fuck up um whatever we've pronounced so many things wrong and um, let's not think back to bernie yes um, I'm, I'm over it Fine. so gordon beat and sexually abused stanford Ooh. and forced stanford to send letters home from gordon's ranch that assured his family that stanford was well Ooh. yeah so Sanford's family became increasingly worried about his welfare, and in August 1928, my grandma was eight months old, Sanford's older sister, Jessie, who was 19, raised the money to travel to California from their home in Canada and visit Sanford, who by that time was 15 years old. So during their visit, Sanford told Jessie that he feared for his life. Ooh. And one night while Northcott was asleep, Jessie learned from Sanford that Gordon had killed four boys at his ranch. Jesus. Jessie returned to Canada about one week after this discovery. She stayed there for a week knowing that there were dead people on the property. Listen, she she takes care of fucking business. Jessie okay. Jesse is not a simple hoe. Um, so once she gets to Canada, Jessie informs the American consulate there about Northcott's crimes. Think about it. She's staying at Gordon's place. Yeah. She knows about these crimes. She can't just fucking go to the police like a mile down the road or wherever the fuck yeah, and be like, true. hey the person i'm living with when you get a chance could you maybe investigate him she'll she'll turn up fucking dead she know, will but she will end up in the wine the fact chicken that, coop the fact that she didn't go back home immediately i don't think i'd be able well, to sleep she doesn't want to leave her she's she's gonna leave her brother in this dude's care yeah after he's killed four boys guess what her brother is a boy yeah all right where are we here so yes so she tells the american consulate and they then wrote a letter to the LAPD detailing Jesse Clark's sworn complaint. Because there was initially some concern over an immigration issue, the LAPD contacted the United States Immigration Service to determine facts relative to Jesse's complaint. So they're, they're dotting their I's, they're crossing their T's, they're like slashing their Q's, they're doing what they need. Slashing their Q's? <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't even the, know what that you means. You put the slash through it. I don't know. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> How do you write a Q? <laughs> Goodbye. So, um, on August 31st, 1928, my grandma was eight months and, like, I can't do math, about a week old. A little a little over a this week old. This is all fascinating. I love my grandma. I will kill for her. Um, on August 31st, 1928, two United States Immigration Service inspectors named Judson F. Shaw and George W. Scalorn visited Northcott's Chicken Ranch in Wineville. They found Sanford at the ranch and took him into custody. So here's where shit gets cray. So this is like out of a movie, mm-hmm. which is funny because we'll get there. It's like Gordon saw these cars coming up the road, kicking up the dust. Like you all can see this in your heads, right? Like real Bonnie and Clyde, like sepia toned, like old movie shit. Yeah. He sees them coming up the road and he fled into the tree line. Oh my God. That's why there was only Sanford to arrest. He told Sanford to stall the agents. And if he didn't, he would shoot him from the tree line. Holy just shit. with a rifle so he was waiting he said i he was not obviously but sanford's 15 what's he gonna do fucking not believe him yeah um st- standing there theoretically from the tree line with his rifle aimed ready to just kill sanford at any moment oh my god if he opens his goddamn mouth holy shit right to remain silent indeed bitches. but didn't they know that he was the victim not yet oh okay because they, they, this is the immigration people they're just checking to make sure that this story even checks out oh but i thought the um I thought the uh, the story is rolling around upstairs. Yeah. It's fine. I'm, it's I'm fine. choosing to ignore it. Um, <laughs> True love, everybody. <laughs> uh, wait, di- but didn't the the statement from his sister say That's that like my brother is in danger? That's what they're investigating. Okay, because then they're like, oh, also because everybody knows the U.S. isn't so crazy about immigration. So they're also sitting there and they're like, hey, there's a 15 year old boy illegally living in California potentially yeah also there might be kids being murdered like i mean i think we all know we how many fucking puerto rican kids have they lost so far like fifteen thousand, like or not even puerto rican it's just mexican and hispanic and latino and i just that it makes me so mad it makes me so mad but um anyway anyway back it up back it up um so he fled and told sanford he'd shoot him from the tree line if he said anything so during the next two hours, while Sanford stalled, Northcott kept running. Ooh. And finally, when Sanford felt the agents could protect him, he told them that Gordon had fled into the trees with the which lined the edge of his chicken ranch property. So Gordon and his mother, Sarah Louise, mm-hmm. fled to Canada, but were arrested near Vernon, British Columbia on September 19th, 1928. However, due to errors in the extradition paperwork, they were not returned to Los Angeles until November 30th, 1928. Holy shit. So, well over, like, about two and a half months, give or take. Oh my god. Yeah. Honestly, though, they fucking deserve it. Um, So, Sanford Clark testified um, at the sentencing of Sarah Louise that that his uncle, Gordon, had kidnapped, molested, beaten, and killed three young boys with help from his mother, Sarah Louise, and Sanford himself. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Sanford also testified about the murder of a fourth boy, a Mexican boy, where Northcott had forced Sanford to help him dispose of the head by burning it in a fire pit and then crushing the skull. Ooh. He's fucking 15. Yeah. Um, Northcott stated that he, quote, left the headless body by the side of the road near Puente, which is now La Puente, 
California because he had no other place to put it. Wow. End quote. Yeah, but he had a whole farm. He could have put it somewhere. Should have had a pig farm. No, we'll talk about that one <laughs> in a future episode. Um, anyway, so Sanford said that quick lime was used to dispose of the remains and that the bodies of Walter Collins and brothers Lewis and Nelson Winslow were buried on the Wineville Chicken Ranch. Yeah, I remember all this stuff now. Yeah, like Walter Collins. So who is Walter Collins? Little Walt. Walter Collins Jr. was born on September 23rd, 1918. That's another connection. Megan was born September 23rd, my sister. But not 1918. Not 1918. 1998. So a full-on 80 years before. Oh. Yes, right, Megan? Well, yes. she was born 80 years after. That's what I mean. He was born 80 <laughs> years before. Fuck off. Um, and at nine years old, he was abducted from his home in Lincoln Heights, Los Angeles. That's where Los Angeles comes into this. Oh, okay. Um, on March 10th, 1928. So initially, his mother, Christine, told the, and the police believed that enemies of her husband, Walter Collins Sr., who had been convicted of eight armed robberies and was an inmate in Folsom State Prison, that they had abducted Walter Jr. Oh, okay. Um, so Walter Collins' disappearance garnered national attention, and the LAPD followed up hundreds of leads without success. The police faced negative publicity and increased public pressure to solve the case. Mm-hmm. This is where shit gets fucked. This like, is where? This not is the fact where. that a 15-year-old have dispose of a, a what, head? What do you think is worse? Like, this is this is real shitty. Can't get worse, can it? Except know. it can. Because oh let's fucking blame the mom. Oh, God. Five months after Walter's disappearance in August 1928, a boy claimed to be, claiming to be Walter was found in Delcab, Delcalb, something like that. D-E-K-A-L-B, somebody help me, Illinois. Letters and photographs were exchanged before Walter's mother, Christine, paid for the boy to be brought to Los Angeles. Oh, wait, I remember this. I remember this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A public reunion was organized by the police who hoped to negate the bad publicity they had received for their failure to solve this case and others. Um, Because remember, there were other fucking kids missing at this time, too. Yeah. The police also hoped that the uplifting story would deflect attention from a series of corruption scandals that had sullied the department's reputation. Wow. So, at the reunion, Christine took one look at the boy and stated that he was not her son. Was this all on camera? Yep. <gasps> or not, like, video camera at the time, but, like, every this was at the public reunion. Oh, okay. I wish it was video camera. Um, she was told by the officer in charge of the case, police captain J.J. Jones, to take the boy home to, quote, try him out for a couple of weeks. Oh, I forgot. I forgot that somebody told her to do that. To which Christine reluctantly agreed. Oh! <gasps> Three weeks later, this Christine, is an episode of SVU, I think. Shut the fuck up. Christine returned to see Captain Jones and persisted in her claim that he was not Walter, even though she had dental records proving that this kid was not Walter. Oh my god! Jones had her committed to a psychiatric ward at the LA County Hospital <gasps> under a Code Twelve, which is a term used to jail or commit someone who was deemed difficult or inconvenient. Oh my god! Yeah, Christine's a fucking badass. Holy shit. So then Reverend Gustav Briegleb, a Presbyterian pastor and radio evangelist who was known for taking up like important causes in LA in the 20s and 30s, advocated for Christine and Walter and was instrumental in demanding that Christine be released and shed light on the fact that the LAPD had Christine sent away because she called them out for doing a shitty job. Yeah. Like, honest to God, like, uh, just this whole thing, like, I'm getting goosebumps because like, power... 
couple. They don't have to be dating folks to be a power couple. Haley and I are a power couple. Are we? And so, yep, yep, we're a power couple. And so are Christine Collins and Reverend Gustav. Okay, okay. They're taking power down fucking the fucking couple. LAPD. Dream team. Dream team. Okay. Anywho. So during Christine's incarceration, Captain Jones questioned the little boy who claimed to be Walter, and he admitted to being 12-year-old Arthur Hutchins Jr., a runaway from Illinois who was originally from Iowa. It's a little bit fucking far from Los Angeles. Just saying. Fuck you, Artie. A drifter at a roadside cafe in Illinois had told Hutchins of his resemblance to the missing Walter, so Hutchins came up with a plan to impersonate him. His motive was to get to Hollywood so that he could meet his favorite actor, Tom Mix. Who's Tom Mix? He was, like, one of the original, like, cowboy film actors. Oh, okay. He he actually, it's really cool. I wrote this down. He appeared in 291 films over the course of his career. Holy shit. Like, as an aspiring actor, that's the fucking dream right there. That's insane. He, He was, like... So John Wayne is technically usually thought of as, like, the OG Western actor. It was actually Tom Mix. Like, Tom Mix was the original Maybe I'd recognize his face if I saw him. No, you won't. Really? You won't. Like, swear to God. Swear to God. Damn. It's it's crazy. Like, in a good way. But, like, it's sad that he just didn't get any of this. If you're in almost 300 movies... You should be known. Yeah, someone should recognize your face. But no. Um, So, yeah. Tom Mix. Yeah, he wanted to meet He wanted. He just wanted to meet his his idol. Yeah. Um, So, Christine, after Hutchins admitted that he was not her son, Christine was released 10 days later. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. Like, literally, it's, like, just, like, God bless Christine. Like jesus christ like the things that a mother will do for her child like it just this is why i can't have kids um because i would not i'd be like see what you put me through um so upon searching northcott's chicken farm back to gordon Mm -hmm. the lapd authorities found three shallow graves exactly where sanford had stated they were it was found however that these graves did not contain complete bodies but only parts of bodies And during testimony from both Sanford and his sister, Jessie, it was learned that the bodies had been dug up by Gordon and his mother on the evening of August 4th, 1928, a few weeks before Sanford was taken into protective custody. Mm. Gordon and his mother had taken the bodies out to a a desert area Mm -hmm. where they were most likely burned in the night. Oh, God. Um, the, uh, The complete bodies were never recovered. This evidence found in the graves consisted of, quote, 51 parts of human anatomy, those silent bits of evidence of human bones and blood, have spoken and corroborated the testimony of living witnesses, end quote. This evidence enabled the state of California to conclude that Walter Collins, brothers Lewis and Nelson Winslow, and the Mexican boy who has yet to be identified to He's this still day, not identified? Yep. Had all been murdered. The body parts that were found, coupled with the testimony of Sanford, resulted in a death sentence for Gordon Northcott and a life sentence for Sarah Louise Northcott. Wow. While Sarah and her son, or Sarah Louise and her son, were being held in British Columbia awaiting extradition, Sarah confessed to the murders, including that of Walter Collins. But before being extradited to California, she retracted her confession, as did Gordon, who had initially confessed to killing more than five boys. Oh. Yeah. Only so, four bodies found. Yeah. But more than five. Wow. That math doesn't add up. Yeah. Um, so after Sarah and her son had been extradited, she once again confessed and pled guilty to killing Walter Collins, but she was not put on trial 
because upon receipt of her guilty plea, Superior Court Judge Morton sentenced her to life in prison on December 31st, 1928. Happy fucking New Year, Sarah. Jeez. And once again, sparing the death penalty because she was a goddamn woman. Mm. TBT, Chicago. I'm looking at you. Wait, what year was this again? 1928. 1928. Okay. New Year's Eve, 1928. All right. Um, so during, her, so this is actually right around the time of when the Chicago, when Belva and Bula yeah. were doing themselves and murder themselves. Yeah. That was a lot of themselves. Um, I'm sorry. During her sentencing, Sarah claimed that her son was innocent and made a variety of bizarre claims about his parentage, including that he was an illegitimate son of an English nobleman. That, she that doesn't was- excuse anybody of any crime. Yep. Um, and then in the vein of Ted Bundy, that she was actually his grandmother. Oh my God. And that he was the result of incest between her husband, Cyrus George Northcott, and their daughter. Yeah, but see, here's the thing. Great stories. All great stories. Real fascinating. All great plots for a thriller novel. Like, but And that's also, maybe what she should have devoted her time to instead of helping her also, children. But also, none of those facts would excuse <laughs> yeah, I know. murder of four children. No, I know. It's, it's no different than, like committing a crime and then being like it's because it's because my my mom doesn't love me enough yeah like it's just that's not no like you still you know what one time i was a shitty kid and i got hit that's why i murdered exactly a whole bunch of a whole crowd of people exactly it's just you don't you don't fucking anyway jesus christ so yeah so um Sarah Louise also stated that as a child, Gordon was sexually abused by the entire family. Oh my God. That's a little bit of a stretch though, I feel like. So if it's the entire family, so incest sister is sexually abusing Gordon. Like I am all for believing the victim. I thought you were going to say I'm all for incest. I am all for incest. 100%. I am. I am. Um, 100%. Yeah, I want to believe the victim, but also... But also when the victim has murdered multiple people and And also the, confessed the, and then was like, wait, no, actually, never mind. Yes, and then went back and was like, JK, yes I did. And then was like, also, my dad's an English nobleman. <laughs> like <laughs> See, I don't even know why that was even brought up. I don't I mean, like, if this was years later when Prince Charles was still hoeing around, then maybe people would believe it. But for the most part, nah oh was that like justice oh, you for can't, diana you can't put this person to death because they're like no a no she's literally just sitting there and she's like oh it's because he's the son of a she's crazy well, bitch i mean she cray i mean clearly <laughs> so yeah so he was sexually abused by the entire family as one is um she ended up serving her sentence at tehachapi state prison and was paroled after less than 12 years because again Woman. women yeah yeah i'm i'm pissed um she so di- you you gotta assume that there because it was around the same time as belva and beulah yeah you have to assume that there was no women on that jury yeah so they were like oh we can't put this woman to there death. were no women on that jury because that wasn't legalized until i believe it was i know in in illinois it was legalized um for women to serve on a jury i believe it was seven years after belva and beulah's trial mm-hmm. trials so like the so mid then, 30s yeah so then it like, like spread to like other places yeah um 
so she ended up sarah louise died in 1944 Mm -hmm. so that would be like four years after she got out of prison wow good um so it was speculated that gordon may have killed as many as 20 boys whoa yeah it's super fucked but the state of california could not produce evidence to support that speculation so ultimately the state only brought an indictment against gordon for the murder of an unidentified mexican boy known as the quote headless mexican jesus yep that's that's the 20s yeah and for the murder of the brothers lewis and nelson winslow who were age 12 and 10 respectively Mm -hmm. and the brothers had been reported missing from pomona on may 16th 1928 which brings me to another connection because my brother timmy was born on may 16th wow there's so many there's birthday connections in this 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 is this is a mahar slash burns because that's my grandma's last name didn't you say somebody was born on November 9th? No. I don't know anybody on November 9th. No, no, no. Uh, in the in the, in the article. No, I was born on the 12th, but still, it's pretty close. That's not close. It's not May 16th, bitch. Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> I'm just saying. Bitch. It's close. A bitch. Um, so, yeah. So, the headless Mexican, which is what they're calling him. I'm not being racist. Um, he was believed to be a missing boy named Alvin Gothia, though this was never confirmed. They, to this day, they have no confirmation as to who this kid was. Wow. Um, Gordon Northcott was implicated in the murder of Walter Collins, but because his mother had already confessed to murdering him and had been sentenced for it, the state chose not to prosecute him in that murder. <sighs> so even even still, Walter and Christine did not really get much justice here. Yeah. Speaking of, after her release from the mental institution, Christine filed a lawsuit against the LAPD, which she later won against, She it was against Jones specifically, yeah. on September 13th, 1930, and she was awarded $10,800, which today is worth approximately $150,000. Whoa. Not, not, you know, I was like, not bad. Like, she cleaned up pretty good, and that can get you, like, a long way back then. But yeah. also, like homegirl was locked up in an asylum for telling the truth yeah exactly she deserves a cool mill a cop literally told her we know this isn't your kid but But maybe take him him home because drive him because we're not doing too great he's a fucking volkswagen and in a couple years we're going to be implicated in the murder of a famous uh rapper so yeah we need we need this one just please like do us a solid um and so she was awarded ten thousand eight hundred dollars you ready for this Go for it. She went to Six Which Joan never paid. Ooh. Wait, how could you win $10,000 and then... He never paid it. How? Who follows up on that? The last newspaper account of Christine is in 1941 when she attempted to collect a 15,562 judgment against Captain Jones, who was by then retired in the Supreme, in the Superior Court. There should be interest on that. I think that is interest. Oh, yeah. Because she was awarded 10,080. And then she was trying to collect 15,562. Yeah. Um, But so, yeah. So, Captain J.J. Jones, you can rot. Um, Yeah, fuck that guy. I hope hope your, like, great-great-grandchildren are not listening to this. In which case, I'm sorry. Your great-great-grandfather was such a douche. Um, And so, Northcott, Gordon Northcott... Um, I don't know why I keep having to specify. Like, we haven't talked about his father since the beginning of this, but that's fine. That's fine. Um, he sent Christine a telegram shortly before his execution saying he had lied when he denied that Walter was among his was among his victims. And he promised to tell the truth if she came in person to hear it. 
Jesus. Just a few hours before his execution, Christine visited him. But upon her arrival, Northcott said, I don't want to see you when she confronted him. Wow. What a fucking punk. He said, I don't know anything about it. I'm innocent. What a punk bitch. Yeah. So basically this motherfucker tortured the shit out of her. And, and it was like, and, come here, come here, come here. Actually, fuck off. Yeah. No, literally. And apparently he like tortured her a lot, and but like never gave her any useful information on her son who he like probably definitely killed. Wow. Um, a news account said, quote, the distraught woman was outraged by Northcott's conduct. No shit. She should be the one to carry out his sentence. But was also true. Right? Like, this guy yes. tortured you. You get to inject him or percent. press the button no. or whatever it is. No, you know what we do? We sick fucking mo on him. <gasps> all, <laughs> I see is, all I see is the bat ears sticking up over the, the this tower. Cat, this cat is perfect, guys. He's a black cat with orange eyes. Like, it doesn't get better than that. Oh, he's like, so fresh. I want to eat him alive. But also, he's been sleeping the whole time. So he, which is fine. Which is fine. He's really not paying attention. Um, so the news account said that she was distraught, uh, who she was outraged by oh, Northcott's conduct, but also comforted by it. Um, Northcott's ambiguous replies and his seeming refusal to remember such details as Walter's clothing and the color of his eyes gave her continued hope that her son was still alive. Oh. Christine continued to believe her son was alive and did oh. not stop looking for him until her death on December 8th, 1964, at the age of 75. Oh my god. How's that for torture? That's horrible. Yeah, Christine lived a hard fucking life. Yeah. So Sanford, we remember Sanford. Yes. Sweet little 15-year-old baby was not tried for murder. Good. Because assistant, assistant DA Loyal C. Kelly believed very strongly that Sanford was innocent. No fucking shit. Um, yeah, said, like he helped bury and dispose of the bodies, but not yeah. against, it's not, not like from his own will. one morning and was like, you know what? I'm going to fucking kill a kid. Yeah, and he was doing it because his caretakers were doing it, and he was kind of forced. It's not like a yeah. Sylvia Likens yeah. situation. Yeah. Like, like those, he was given yeah. the permission, and then he took that and ran with it. He was doing it because he's he like, like, I could be I, next. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because um, like think uh, again. Remember, um, and he did reach out and tell his sister. Well, yeah. Who then was able to tell the yeah. police? And let's not forget. So Gordon brought him to his ranch when Sanford was thirteen. When Gordon murdered Lewis Winslow, Lewis Winslow was 12 years old. Yeah. Like, so that's not going so far as to say that he could not exactly. potentially have been next. Yeah. Um, so Kelly believed that he was innocent and said that Sanford had been a victim of Northcott's death threats and sexual abuse. Definitely. And was not a willing participant in the crimes committed at the Chicken Ranch. You fucking go, Kelly. Kelly for chief of the LAPD. Yeah, right. Um, he wouldn't put Christine in a corner. That's for fucking sure. Um, so Kelly told Sanford that he had secured an entirely unique settlement of Sanford's legal situation by having him taken to a nearby school called the Whittier State School, which was an experimental program for, which had an experimental program for delinquent youths as, as like, it's like juvie, but like, it's like a white collar prison for juvie. Okay. Um, he assured Sanford that the Whittier School was unique because of its compassionate mission of genuine rehabilitation. That's good. Yes. Because people still wanted blood, even though Sanford didn't do it. I'm sure Christine didn't want blood, but we can't always be gorgeous angels. Um, so Sanford was sentenced to five years at the Whittier State School, which was later renamed the Fred C. Nell's Youth Correctional Facility. 
His his sentence was later commuted to 23 months because the trustees of the school believed that he had, quote, impressed the trustees with his temperament, job skills, and personal desire to live a productive life during his nearly two years there. Wow. He was a good fucking kid. Yeah. He, he, like, say what you want about Canada, which I do. I do. He, he was Canadian. Like, come on. Like, name one evil person besides Justin Bieber to come out of Canada. Uh, I don't know. We're probably going to talk about some murderers out of Canada. We're not, so. we're not counting Paul Bernardo. Anyway, <laughs> um, I, I, I retract my statement. Um, in early 1929, though, Gordon's trial was held before Judge George R. Freeman, which when I first did this, I thought it was George R. Foreman. And I was like, yo! George Foreman! Get me one of those grills! Sponsor Did, us! Didn't he name all of his children, including the girls, George? I hope so. If not, I'm doing that. I thought that was true. It oh, might be so. like one of those it might urban be a legends. Myth. It might be a myth, because I feel like... He they, had like eight kids and he named them all George. I feel like the birth giver would not allow that. I don't know, man. Um, so yes. So George R. Freeman, not Foreman, in Riverside County, California, which is where Walter was from. Um, the jury heard that he kidnapped, molested, tortured, and murdered the Winslow brothers and the, quote, headless Mexican Mm. in 1928. So problematic. Um, and on February 8th, 1929, the 27-day trial ended with Gordon being convicted of those murders. Good. On February 13th, 1929, Judge Freeman sentenced Gordon to death, and he was hanged on October 2nd, 1930, at San Quentin State Prison. It's Michael's birthday. He was 23. Fuck you. (laughs) I get to say it. He is my Michael, not your Michael. He is mine, and I was going to get there. He was my Michael first. He was 23 years old. No, he was always my Michael. He just didn't know it yet. He just didn't know it yet. That's untrue. Wait, what what were you saying? He knew he loved me before he met me. Ew, stop it. Stop singing 90s slow jams. <laughs> um, the the producer of that tra- of um, that track and Savage Garden Blue Oy- is it? Yeah, Savage Garden. <laughs> but that album and then the Blue Oyster Cult album with the song with that needs more cowbell. He don't fear is, the reaper. My cousin's yes. in the Blue Oyster Cult. Um, Murray Krugman was the guy that like did all of that, and he's a professor now at our, my alma mater, Haley's Technical Alma Mater, UNH. Yeah, really fucking cool. Um, I've never met him, but his gold records are, like, hung up. Of course they are. And, like, of course they are. So, yeah. So, he was killed on Michael's birthday. I love Michael so much, even though he doesn't listen to this. Um, So, Sanford Clark, after he, um, what do you call it? After he served his time at the Whittier School. Yep. um, Returned to Saskatoon, Canada. After serving his time, I I I miss it. So the sentences that I wrote, the sentence that I wrote was Sanford Clark returned to Saskatoon, Canada after serving serving his time at the Whittier State School. I did not read that far ahead, and I was like, I'm a wing it. This is why you don't wing it, Um, (laughs) because then you end up repeating things. Um, And after he returned to Canada, he served in the Canadian military during World War II. Whoa. And later worked as a mailman for 28 years. Oh, He's like fucking Mr. Feely from Mr. Rogers. What a, what a sweet job. Right? Well, because now he, he went from like killing little boys to like protect and serve. That's cute. Like, I love it. Protect and serve our mail. Um, or not our mail, but you know. Canada's mail. Canada's mail. He and his wife, this I love. He and his wife adopted and raised two children. Aww. Right? Right? That's so cute. I just cannot. 
Um, and Sanford served local community causes throughout his life. Records of the city of Saskatoon indicated that Sanford died on June 20th, 1991, and was buried in the Saskatoon Woodlawn Cemetery on August 26th, 1993. Okay. So, yeah. Nice. So, Sanford lived happily ever after, at least, which I'm happy about. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, so, in 1935, five years after Gordon was executed, a boy and his parents came forward and claimed that he had also been kidnapped by Gordon, but had escaped. There Damn. was a police report on record that he w- that was filed by his parents saying the boy had gone missing seven years earlier. And at the time of his disappearance, authorities speculated that he might have been a murder victim at Wineville. Oh, wow. However, Sanford never told authorities that a boy escaped from the chicken coop. And the historical record and Sanford's own testimony indicate that only three boys were ever held in the chicken coop. Okay. Um, Wineville, this is why we don't know where Wineville is. Changed its name to Mira Loma on November 1st, 1930, mm-hmm. due in large part to the negative publicity surrounding the murders. Yeah, because they were called the Wineville Chicken Coop Murders. Right. Yeah. And the new city of Eastvale, California, took parts of the area of Mira Loma in 2010, and the new city of Jerupa Valley took parts of Mira Loma in 2011. However, Wineville Avenue, Wineville Road, Wineville Park, and other geographic references provide reminders of the community's former name. Wow. Yeah, so, like, time not time to go on a road trip. Yeah, we're, right? We're going to find all of the Wineville spots. Um, so, several movies and TV shows were inspired by the Wineville Chicken Coop murders, mm-hmm. obviously. Particularly the story of Walter and Christine, because how can you fucking not? Yeah, right? This includes the fifth season of American Horror Story, which was the hotel season for everybody who watches. And I don't watch it. What what predicts. happened? Why that's, does the that one, have... that's the one with Lady Gaga. Okay, but why did that have to do with Wineville? get there jesus um this includes the series includes a subplot about a character sent into a downward spiral after the abduction and murder of her son during the 1920s by a character presumed to be similar in like mo to gordon and this also ends up happening to another child in the series during the present day that he just gets taken and they don't know what happens okay um except they find out what happens but that's as much as i'm gonna say yeah so you asked about Law and Order? Yes. Bitch, you wrong. But in season five, episode two of Criminal Minds, no, there was the episode is haunted. Go fuck yourself. There's no, there's an episode of Law and Order SVU where a girl. No, it's it's just I'm shaking my head. It's it's just a similar story that a girl it has gone missing, and this girl shows up and was like, I'm I'm that girl, and they bring her home and and. Uh, and it's a fucking Anastasia story. Yeah, no, no, they they bring her home and then like I it's all these weird things like the girl the girl used to play the flute and then then this girl like I doesn't this, know. I remember this Law and Order story. Yeah. I remember this story. And they find out because It's on Netflix probably. I think so. They find out cuz she has a tattoo. But this did not come up in my research. No, they find out cuz she has a tattoo on like her wrist or her ankle like, or something. Yeah, and she but it's facing it. the wrong way. Yeah, no, and like the brother helped orchestrate it. Yeah, the, yeah. the brother killed the yeah. the, the girl. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying he he like so then the girl no the sister it was the older sister yeah no because i remember this now i remember this now because the sister like the fake sister comes back and then the fake sister finds out that brother is cray and so she's like i just wanted to find like a warm clean bed yeah i'm homeless but now but i didn't know like knows that i am fake and is gonna kill me if i don't like partake i thought it was the older sister 
No, I'm saying that killed the no, younger it was, sister. It was the brother. It was the brother. Unless we're thinking of something else, it was the brother. I remember. And because he was basically like, because he knew she was dead. Yeah, because he, he killed, killed her. her. Yeah. yeah. So then she was like, he like she couldn't talk to the cops. She couldn't do anything because he was basically like, I'll kill you. I'll find that episode. It's not the same thing, but it's super fucked. It's such a good episode. But it reminded me of that, that like this person comes yeah. back and like, this is not my kid. And then they're like, yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. Try him out for a couple weeks. Yeah, right. Um, so yeah. So season five, episode two of Criminal Minds titled Haunted was inspired by the story of a man who was heavily abusive towards his son who he used to capture little boys. Mm. Like Gordon, the character would also hold the children captive for a period of time, all while torturing them before dismembering them and burying the bodies and using lime to break them down. Oh, yes. Very similar. Right. And then for all my like retro girls and boys that are listening episode 104 of the radio series dragnet titled the big imposter was based on the wineville chicken coop murders the episode originally aired on june 7th 1951 but when the series was moved to tv the radio script was made into a tv like episode Mm -hmm. which aired on december 4th 1952 yeah however probably the most famous adaptation of the story is the 2008 film changeling I heard that. Yeah, I heard of that movie. I don't think I've seen it. I don't think so. I I watched it with my mother, who was like brought to tears by it. Like she just she could not fucking handle the whole thing. It broke her heart. Yeah. Um, but especially when she found out it was true, that made it worse. (laughs) Um, Well, not exactly true, based on a true story. That's what she means. That's what I'm. That's what she means. I am she. Yeah. Um, that's what I mean though. Like the fact that this actually happened. Yeah. to somebody that's what my mom was like holy shit um and this uh, this is just a one-off example like this happened a lot i'm sure a lot of stuff was sensationalized for film though just like the well, uh, the girl well, next door wait, wait, the wait, sylvia likens thing home girl hold please so the title was changeling mm-hmm. and the name of that actually comes from irish folklore i'm barely irish and yet i was taught a lot of irish things i don't fucking know um i'm like 20 percent irish and yet I know all this Irish shit. I know, I know, I know, I know. Meanwhile, I'm a lot Scottish, and my last name is Mahar, like the literal fucking cliffs of Mohar. Mohar. I call them Mohar because it's M-O-H-A-R. Shut the fuck up. All right, quick aside. So Haley says Mohar because when I graduated from college a couple of years ago, we had to write our names out. Those of you who've graduated recently probably know know this. We had to write our last names out with phonetic spelling which there were people at tables who helped you do my name is mahar it's not fucking mahard like you know what i mean it's really easy no i was making a pun oh that it's not hard yeah thank you for ruining my pun um it's nothing new and so i write it out and i was trying to go to my theater professor jessica brader who really wanted to read my name and there was this other dude standing there that he was reading names and i was waiting to have jessica read it and he just like got mad at me and snapped and was like you're holding up the line like just come to me and i'm sitting there i'm like okay fine i'm sorry i just want to leave he goes motherfucking not motherfucking he didn't say that he should have i should have written that i honestly should have written that he goes caitlin muha so then i'm sitting there and i'm like fuck this guy now i've got to get another degree so i can have my name said correctly and from like way in the fucking back 
like my my parents were because families were basically sat in like the the mezzanine but like my parents were in like the nosebleed mezzanine just that's how they that's where they ended up getting seated and still i hear my tiny four foot fucking 11 sister going as i'm walking across the stage and I low-key, like, hate myself. And I, I've been so pissed about that. I, it's been two years, Haley. I'm still fucking pissed. Yeah, I don't know how he didn't get your name, but then there was, like, a... There were so many... We have a There were so many, like, Indian kids. No, that it's not even the, Indian. The names we have were, a like... high population of people from Saudi Arabia and the Middle East because a Saudi Arabian princess went to UNH back in the 90s, I believe it was. Oh, Late wow. 90s, early 2000s. I didn't 2000s. know any of that. Yeah. And I'm talking, like, a major one, like, like if you were to read, like, the cultured section of the new york times like her name is in there Damn. like you know what i mean like she's like very well known yeah i think it was it was either a princess or a prince i'm gonna say princess because like girl power um but either way this person's like very well known and after that it became like all the rage over there there everybody was like we've got to go to the university of new haven that's so weird right that but that's why there's so many people yeah but there were some from- kids that na- that their last names were like 40 that's letters what I, that's what i'm saying and like, the guy got them and that's what i'm saying and this guy had no problem but you get to a fucking five letter simple irish name and from my from my interpretation i think you guys could tell he was from the uk some form of it he had some kind of a uk accent i don't know if it was british it was probably british maybe it was welsh maybe it was irish or scottish i don't know somebody tell me please somebody stop me nobody knows nobody was there nobody knows who this guy is knows the trouble i've seen wait we've gone so off the rails rails. all right so anyway so irish folklore yes oh wow that's where we were i am i am fantastic at remembering where i, I am because we i love talking all right go ahead um so changelings were an irish folklore about babies that so there were all of these things you had to like hard boil eggs you had to do like all kinds of stuff to basically keep this from happening is you would have a baby and mm-hmm. until it got to a certain age the baby was at risk of being snatched by fairies and being replaced with a changeling baby. Yeah, that sounds like an Irish folklore. It's, oh, no, it gets worse because it's like a demon baby. Like the baby, it's probably, it was like literally it was probably to explain colicky babies because like the baby doesn't stop screaming. The baby like its eyes like just turn black randomly. Yeah. Like they're awful, awful babies. Like all babies are awful, Aww. but like these are awful babies. And so then like it, it, it just, it was like every new parent was terrified of their child yeah. getting taken by fairies and having a changeling like demon baby for the rest of their life yeah yeah so yeah that now see that would have been a story that i would have believed if sarah louise was like oh yeah no he wasn't the son of an english nobleman but he was a changeling and yeah, every, but then you're starting to get gotten off some, scot-free like, you're starting to get in some urban legend shit and also they fucking hated irish people back then so that yeah. probably wouldn't have worked in the favor but so yeah so that's that's why it's called changeling it's in reference to those that folklore yeah and the story centers on christine's search for walter and the names are the same yeah oh wow it's it's based on that's what i'm saying it is a like historical thriller once i tell you who directed and produced this film you will understand why it's a historical thriller okay clint eastwood oh got it got it i've had it up to here i thought (laughs) I thought it was David Fincher at first. No, it's Clint Eastwood. He served as a producer of the film, and Ron Howard, who initially wanted to direct but couldn't due to scheduling conflicts, also produced. And I love Ron Howard. Yeah, Ron I'm Howard's such a great. hoe for Ron Howard. I love him so much. 
I love uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. I do love Bryce Dallas Howard. She's in uh, they, they Jurassic all, Park. His kids, Jurassic he raised World, his sorry. kids in Connecticut. Oh, really? Yeah, in Greenwich. Nice. Because I'm from Connecticut. Hi, folks. Um, then my dad has like met him like a bunch of times through Canon. My dad works for the Canon camera company thing. And um, Ron Howard like is like one of their like sponsor filmmaker thing, whatever, so whatever. That's pretty and cool. my dad was like, they talk they've talked about like Connecticut and shit like that. And they're like, Oh, can you fucking believe like Governor Malloy or whatever the fuck? And um he's like, apparently Ron Howard and Adam Driver are like the nicest people. Damn. Yes. And my dad also harassed One Republic once because Good. Michael used to work for Telefunken, who supplies One Republic with their microphones, and One Republic was Michael made those microphones, and they performed at a event that my dad was at through Canon, and my dad went up to them after their set and was like, "Hey, you guys did really good. You sounded great. My daughter makes your my I mean my son my daughter's boyfriend makes your microphones." Nice. <laughs> and I was like, "Dad, you need to stop." <laughs> We're going off on too many tangents. We're going off on way too many tangents, but it's okay because they're entertaining. So yeah, Ron Howard, love him. Um, and it starred Angelina Jolie as Christine Collins, John Malkovich as Reverend Breglib, Gustav, and who I love. I love John Malkovich. And like, you go, John Malkovich, save fucking Angie. And Jeffrey Donovan. Remember Jeffrey Donovan? What else was he in? He was on that, he was on that series on USA, but he was also like majorly problematic, like constantly getting drunk. Oh, really? Remember, like he was always getting a DUI. I recognize the name. He was like, he was like the male Lindsay Lohan of oh. like the late 2000s. Um so yeah, so Jeffrey John Jeffrey blah, 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 blah. Jeffrey Donovan played JJ Jones. Okay. And I was like good cuz I mean ever since I was little just because I saw him in the news so much for so much so many negative things, I've always been like I hate that guy. Um sorry Jeffrey Donovan, please sponsor our podcast. Um once I like read that he was JJ Jones, I was like good. <laughs> All right, jeez. <laughs> so yeah. So, J. Michael Straczynski wrote the script, and he first learned of the story of Christine Collins from an unnamed source at Los Angeles City Hall. Uh Uh-huh. The source had stumbled across the case files regarding the Wineville Chicken Coop murders, among other discarded documents scheduled for destruction. This wasn't a well-known case prior Mm -hmm. to this movie coming out. Yeah. And and by, like, wasn't well-known, I mean it was, like, like, nobody knew it. Like, all evidence had been erased. They were looking to destroy the files... Like, the town names had changed. Everything was, like, it It had theoretically been erased from history. Jesus. Like, Christine was long dead. So, yeah, Straczynski took the files himself, and he became obsessed with the case and did extensive research over the course of a year. He tried to develop a TV project based on the story initially, but then he couldn't find a solid way to do that. And virtually every event depicted in the film appears as cited in legal documents. Wow. It is like beyond accurate jeez um and the dialogue was often taken verbatim from court transcripts whoa yeah and straczynski wrote the first draft of the screenplay in 11 days holy shit that's, that's beyond yeah because he had so much source material he had that he so could much just source material but he was from. also so passionate about the project yeah um because i feel like that's the biggest driving force with these types of things is passion yeah um so yeah, so while the film is mostly parallel to the story of Christine and Walter, it does leave out a couple or change a couple of the real life aspects of yeah. the case. As one they does. usually do that with yeah. with movies. Um, but like super minor things. Um, it doesn't mention Gordon's mother, Sarah Louise, or the fact that Gordon was not convicted of the murder of Walter Collins, which I almost like better because it's giving the justice. Like in the movie, Gordon is the one who is like... yeah 
he come he he's the one that gets nailed for it yeah which i i mean i like that better um so yeah also while christine does visit gordon in prison in the movie she did not witness gordon's execution she spent the morning in the home of quentin this is real christine yeah um she spent the morning in the home of san quentin's warden with the mother of the winslow brothers wow um finally the film doesn't show that christine actually waited four days to call the police about walter's disappearance because she initially thought the abduction was connected to her husband yeah yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, who was serving time for armed robbery in Folsom prison yeah so like she was like oh they'll bring him back yeah um when she was finally convinced that neither her husband nor any of his criminal associates had anything to do with walter's disappearance then she notified the authorities yeah um furthermore walter did not disappear when christine was working on a saturday this is really sad Hmm. in reality she gave him a dime to go to the movies and he never came home (gasps) oh right that's so sad that's real fucking sad so yeah the film was nominated for three academy awards best cinematography best art direction and best actress in a leading role Mm -hmm. and two golden globes for best actress in a motion picture drama and best original score wow and honestly like i'm just i'm so glad that they did the story justice yeah and like it was just it was so it was so sweet and so like that that they were able to like bring it forward to the public eye and everything and i just yeah yeah made it like talked about again exactly or not even again just like just talked about yeah because now it's a really well-known case because then soon after like criminal minds did a thing and like yeah but yeah yeah that's crazy it's super cray well it was a great story i i loved i like i don't love that story obviously yeah obviously i mean but like i but what i love is just how inherently strong christine collins was yeah and just resilient and she like she was a fucking powerhouse damn and i love her so much yeah she went through a lot of shit she went through a lot of shit and she did not take any shit yeah and i just i love her so much and i i wish that her story could have ended in a better way yeah but at the same time goddamn. yeah the fact that she had to live thinking that she could find her son eventually just right just it's heartbreaking yeah no i cannot i cannot but yeah, so that's the story of the Wineville Chicken Coop Murders, or AKA the Wineville Chicken Murders. Very interesting. I know, right? So we're gonna ah! have uh, <laughs> we're gonna have all of that information up on our website. Yeah, we will. CrimeCulturePodcast.tumblr.com, and we'll have links to all of the resources you used. Yep pictures of some stuff maybe some videos maybe some articles just a picture of my shrine to ron howard just like a whole slew of things so many things all the things go there uh all of our links to our instagram and twitter and everything else is already on there yep and you can email us yes you can crimeculturepod at gmail.com yeah it is and tell us what case you want to hear yeah we're open we're open to like whatever and you never know you may request it and we may already have it on our docket and we'll just let you think yeah that it was brought by you we'll let you think that no i, I i'll give people shout outs if somebody oh, wants to wants to hear a specific episode be like hey right this is for this person absolutely but yeah we do have 
a bunch of stuff planned. Yes. We have some really exciting stuff planned for October, which we're not going to talk about yet. Spooky. Yes, we are thinking that far ahead. A spooky spaghetti. Remember that? It is, yes. Last (laughs) podcast on the left. What? No. Last podcast on the left, whenever they do a a creepypasta episode, they call it the spooky spaghetti. Did you fucking plagiarize? I didn't plagiarize. it's fucking nighttime gnocchi for the rest of our lives. I said it was from last podcast on the left when we were recording the episode. (sighs) What was... Hang on. I'm going to wait. I'm going to message Michael because Michael came up with a great one that the other day. My sister came up with a bunch, too. I forget what they all were. Please hold. My sister also gets mad that I don't shout her out. Hi. So I'm going to shout you out now. Hi. Hey, sis. Hi. Hi. Hi, Jean. I use, your, I use your pottery bowl on my desk to hold candy to make my coworkers like me. I'm just it looking. doesn't work, but it's a pretty bowl. I'm just looking in our text thread do, to see. Do, do, oh, macabre do. macaroni. Love. Frightening fettuccine. Love. Freaky farfalle. Love. <laughs> oh, I like that one. Oh, I like that one. Yes, those are all very good. All right, so that's enough of that. Um, website crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com this is like the email. time we've said it crimeculturepod Crime at gmail.com all the other links to everything else is on the website hashtag link in my bio smash that like button <sighs> LMS who remembers LMS LMS what is, for what a is truth LMS? is like my status Ew. like oh. my status for a truth is I don't truth is you're totally cute and funny and we don't talk enough I hate all that. Truth is, I wish I knew you better. Truth is, this episode is over. Truth is, you make Spanish class so fun. Bye. Truth is, subscribe to Crime Culture.